This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Amen. Welcome this morning. Um, well, let's, let's just say a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we have this opportunity to come into your presence before your feet. I ask in the name of Jesus, by the power of your spirit, to grant unto me utterance. I speak as your oracle, your word goes forth unhindered by any demonic force. In accuracy, with simplicity, but with power, that grace may be ministered into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, this morning I want to share on something, and um, um, since that's what I've shared to the churches, so that's what I have to share. All right, because it, we want to do something um, for 40 days from the 25th of May. And uh, we've termed it uh, 40 days of power. And that will be from the 25th of May to the 4th of July. And what we want to do is to increase the level of the operation of the Spirit of God in our lives as individuals and also uh, within all our congregation. To increase the level of operation of the Spirit of God and of His power within our lives as individuals and also within the congregation. And the, for want of words, uh, the simple method to doing that is renewing the first love of every Christian. When Jesus uh, told one of the churches in the book of Revelation, he said, you have left your first love. So there is something called or termed your first love. And this has to do with uh, basic fundamentals of um, the Christian faith. I think I said this last week that... It was the last week. And I said what I said. All right. But there are three elements to the Christian experience on this earth. Uh, the first one is every single Christian must have a mastery of their personal fellowship and work with God. In other words, they must understand and practice personally the most effective daily routine that increases their knowledge of God every day. In other words, there is a daily routine that every Christian has for their own personal lives. Daily routine of things about prayer, reading the word of God, uh, worshiping God, thanking him. The daily routine there must be mastered in terms of discipleship. The second thing that the Christian has to embrace and understand fully is overcoming challenges in life. It's an essential part of our Christian work, and that's where you really find your purpose on the earth, and you discover the assignment 
uh, God has given to you as a person. So overcoming uh, challenges where James spoke about it at length, Peter spoke about it, that count it all joy where you fall into diverse temptation. Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome them. So understanding the principles there, so you can put that to work. Then the third element is that every Christian, once you get to a certain level in maturity, which will not take too long, all right, you should now start thinking about reaching out to other individuals in terms of people that may not have a personal knowledge of Jesus, which in the book of Hebrews says when you ought to be teachers. So you come to a point where you ought to communicate that faith to other people. And it's essential, all right, that as a Christian, you should be after some time, be able to point to people in the Christian faith that are direct products of your discipleship. In other words, this person, I met this person at this particular position, just like Paul met people, all right, who, those 12 disciples who said we didn't know anything about but the baptism of John. He prayed for them, they got filled with the Holy Ghost, and he mentored them all, discipleship there. And they grew and they matured and started fulfilling their callings in Christ. So every Christian should be able to point to people. And this is essential in uh, your Christian life. You have to have people you are pouring your life into. At every given time that you are pouring your life into. Which means discoveries that you make in God, you are teaching and causing people to grow and to mature in Christ. So, returning back to our first love, uh, the first love of the Christian faith will be what Peter referred to when he said we must give ourselves continuously to the ministry of the word and to prayer. Uh, Jesus told Martha about the fact that one thing is needful. So, returning to first love, it's not about increasing our activities that we are doing for Christ, but, all right, giving ourselves back to the fundamentals of that faith. And it's prayer, and I'll describe the type of prayer, which is called prevailing prayer and the ministry of the word. Now, the ministry of the word we refer to here is not that you are preaching the word, well, that's what Peter was saying. Well, that's part of it, but not essentially the first thing. It's about the word ministering to you. In other words, you give yourself over to prayer and to the word ministering to you as a person. So it is the word ministering life to you. You're sitting with the word of God and the word of God speaks to you about things within your life and decisions you should make. Where you are hearing the voice of God out of the scriptures and he is, uh, the word becomes a lamp, all right, unto thy feet and a light unto your path. In other words, enlightening you about what is going on and showing you exactly 
what to do. Now, with everything that is said and, and taught about confessing the word of God, about prayer, we'll say this, you start getting results with Christ when you start obeying what the scriptures are suggesting that you do in a situation. Let me repeat that. As you start obeying, which means you sit down with the word of God, and certain ideas and thoughts are communicated to you from the scriptures as to how to act in a particular situation or what to do. Now, when you start obeying that, that's how results begin to come. So if a person spends time praying about something, but they don't sit with the word of God to get to hear the voice of God concerning that particular thing and obey the thoughts that the word of God is suggesting, they won't get results. I, um, and this is probably the missing link when people talk about, I'm believing God for something, which means that sitting with the word of God, not just saying, now you have to read the Bible, but it's not, okay, I've read my Bible, like, like you know, you carry something like age, um, I've read my Bible, I've read my, all right. But you sit with the word of God quietly, and the word starts suggesting things to you, and starts telling you, all right, to do uh, certain things. Obeying the ideas suggested by the word, in a time of reading and pondering upon the scripture, what it says to you. This is the real catch. All right, what is the word it's saying? Which means you are hearing the voice of God from it. So many who pray and confess don't expose themselves long enough to the word of God, that's the scriptures, to hear what God is saying about that situation, to hear the voice of God through the scriptures, and to respond. You will never find a human being on this earth. Let me say this. Who said, I spent time and sat down. Now, someone can say I heard a voice and the voice was wrong. But I sat down and the scriptures inspired me to do something. And I, I, I saw it, const, all right, it, it came out of the scriptures and it was ministered to me, all right, to do something from the word of God. And I, I was a bit shaky that I turned to other scriptures and the same suggestion came out of the scriptures and I can see it in the Bible. And I acted on that thing that the word of God said and won't get results instantly. It's impossible. All right, that's when Jesus was going to do the first miracle. Mary said, whatsoever he says unto you, do it. All right? Now, you are, you are not reading the Bible just for biblical scholarship, but you are reading the Bible now and pondering upon it so that you can hear the voice of God. That's what um, David was saying in Psalm 1, that blessed is that man that take, sit not the counsel of God, nor stand in the way of sinners there, nor sit in the seat of the scump comfort, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in this Lord, now listen to what he's saying, does he meditate day and night? It says, it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and whatsoever he doeth. In other words, what he's doing there is a result of that meditation. He's seen certain things. He says, whatsoever that person does will prosper. That the leaf of that person shall not wither. 
and it shall bring forth its fruit in season. And whatsoever that person does, in other words, not saying the person just does anything, he's saying it's inspired as they're meditating. They see something in between the lines there. Nobody told them that, but they saw it right there. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, she must have seen something. Something was ministered to her. That's why even the Peter didn't know it. Jesus wasn't even aware that somebody knew that and was coming. He didn't even pray for her. But she saw something in the scriptures. And it came to her that if I will touch the helm of his garment, I shall be made whole. Now, that's what we're calling the ministry of the word of God. Now, you need to practice, and I'll show this, prevailing prayer to have the word minister to you that way. But it's when the word begins to minister to you that way and you are acting on what the word of God says. That's why God told Joshua, this is the secret. He said, the book, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you will meditate upon it day and night that you may observe to do according to that which is written therein. In other words, says, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He's talking about doing according to what is written. He said, in that way you shall make your way prosperous, for you are doing according to what is written, and you shall have good success. It's impossible that a person sits down. Now, the deception of Satan is to make you prayerful without the ministry of the word. That's a, it's a big deception. Because when you're praying, praying, you feel all right that you're doing that. You feel relieved and all of that, but you've not heard the voice of God concerning that thing. So you, you, you feel that you are being spiritual, all right, but the real instruments that God uses to change and to transform, and I'll show this, and Satan's attack is the word. That's why the scripture says, as soon, you say, as soon as the word was planted, he came immediately to steal the word. He knows it's because the, the seed of the kingdom of God is God's word. Now, when we talk about prayer, you know, because... Somebody like sounding religious. All right, and nobody wants to challenge anybody. So I'm telling you, you're saying God is not able to do anything. And God can listen. It's just like without exposing yourself to the word of God, which is the seed of the kingdom of God, is like a farmer who is a Christian saying that God can do all things. Now, all farmers in the world just make this decision that we're not going to plant for the next two years, but we'll just be praying and that God will bring a harvest. All of us will starve. All right? It is dependent upon the farmer going and planting seeds. That's exactly what happens in Christianity when people just keep praying and they don't plant the seeds of that word into their heart, which means that the harvest just will not be there. So it's acting on eternal realities that are suggested to you from the word of God. So you are in a situation and, and you sit down with God's word and, and something is suggested, all right, strongly to you by the word of God. And then you go ahead and act on that. It always, right, produces results in our lives. Uh, Mark 4 says, take heed how you hear. Uh, the measure you meet, it shall be measured back to you. In other words, literally it says, take heed, all right, how you hear. The measure of thought and study you give to God's word is the measure of virtue and power that will come out of it back to you. That's why in the parable of the sower, you could see the attack was just on God's word. 
the seed was sown, Satan comes to the fowls of the earth to steal that word. It's the word that was being attacked. Then when the thorns came, they choked the word so that the word was unfruitful. It's the attack is on the word. They choked it, which means distract them from staying with the word of God. Uh, let all kinds of things come there from the word of God. They choked it there. The, the second one was that they were offended, which means that after some time you just get offended in the word of God. Mm, I don't think this thing is working. But to create, all right, offense inside their heart or, um, to God's word. And, and that's what Jesus was saying that, look, yeah, well, someone said, I'm, I'm, tell her, my sister to help me. I'm doing so many things. Say, look, only one thing is needful, and that is God's word. And when we say God's word, let me say this again. We are talking about the word that ministers life, all right, to you as a person. So through the instrument of prevailing prayer, all right, and the word of God. And so the first thing we are saying in these 40 days here is to take a definite thing to God in prayer. Now, when I say definite thing, let me be very clear that within the span of this 40 days from May 25th to it, only pray about one thing. Listen, I know you say, no, 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 no. We have a problem. They don't understand what's going on. We have five things. Listen, you have to choose one. <laughs> this is the decision, and I'm going to show you scripture. This is the decision I'm saying you should make. Choose what? One. I say you don't understand. I have bills here to pay. I have this. Look, if you keep going that way, you'll find I just keep going that way. It won't work. Choose what? One. Everybody that got breakthrough prayer from God went with what? One thing. Charles Finney said this. These are the words of Charles Finney. He said, in prevailing prayer, it is, all right, the prayer that obtains the blessing. Now, that's prevailing prayer now. So we're talking about two things. I touched a bit about ministry of the word and then prevailing prayer. It's a prayer that effectually moves God. Now, God being moved doesn't mean that, you know, God wasn't disposed. Now, you need to understand this. Towards doing a certain thing for you as a person. But then through the intensity of your prayer... You made God now get favorably disposed towards you, which means you overcame the reluctance in God, right, to do something about it, which means you are prevailing over him. But that's not what prevailing prayer means. Prevailing prayer actually is a type of prayer there that creates the conditions in our own lives that will cause God to move. In other words, what God is saying is, I can't move in that situation if the conditions in your own life are not right. Now, every living thing has to be put in. God showed us this in creation. Wherever there's life, every living thing has to be put in a right environment for it to thrive. If you take the fish out of water, the fish begins to die. The conditions are right. If, if you take a human beings or animals out of where they can get oxygen, they, that's the end. Or right, if you take the plant out of the ground and put it in the air there, it starts dying. And God also says that for me also with life, to move in a situation, the conditions have to be right. I mean, Jesus showed that. The Bible says he could do no mighty works in a place because of the unbelief of the people. 
So when we talk about prevailing prayer, we are prevailing over something which are the conditions that are not right and it's being changed, all right, so that God, who is eager to show his love, uh, is able to move. Like he says that my eyes are going throughout the whole earth, but I, there's a condition that must be satisfied. The hearts of the people must be towards me in a certain way. And so one who create these conditions through um, prevailing prayer. Now, the conditions there that must be created, all right, are created, and, and this one I want to show here, are only created when the word of God ministers to us after we pray. Let me give an example. In 2 Peter 3, um, we already said that God is not slack concerning his promise as men count slackness. But he's not willing that any should perish, but they should come to repentance. Repentance means that to change, which means he's waiting. He's waiting for a certain change to happen. And then that promise can be fulfilled. Now, how does God create this change? This is why the ministry of the word is so important. How does he create the change? Psalm 19 and verse 7 tells us. Psalm 19 and verse 7. All right, it says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So the soul of a person is converted by, the scripture says, by the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. So if God is waiting for something and, and that thing can only be produced in us by his word. Matthew 13 and verse 15. Now, see this here. It says this, Matthew 13 and verse 15. It says, for these people, now this is what prayer does. For these people's heart is wax gross. Their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time, look how it says, they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and they shall understand with their heart and they shall be what? Converted. And I will do what? Heal them. So there has to be a conversion. Now we've seen that it's the law of the Lord that converts. However, a person can be looking at the word of God and be reading the Bible. And this is why people say, well, I read the Bible, I didn't say anything. You can be reading the Bible, but if your eyes are short and your ears are short, you're not going to see, all right, what the scriptures wants to say to you in that situation. And this is what he says. He says, this is what works out. He says, their eyes, ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have their clothes. Less at any time they should see with their eyes. Now, go to the next verse. I think this is the next one. Oh. Uh -huh. For blessed are your eyes, for they do what? See. And your ears, they do what? Hear. Now, go to verse 14. I think, all right. It says, for verily I say unto Oh, okay, this, this is good. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see these things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear these things which you hear and have not heard them. Now, verse 14. Go back to 14 there. All right? Okay. All right, that's it. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing you shall hear and not understand, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. So it's not that they didn't see, but they didn't actually see when they saw. Uh, are you following what I'm saying? And they didn't hear when they heard. And the reason was that their eyes were closed and their ears were also closed. Now, if you see, this is what he says, as you should see, and you hear as you should, 
what will happen is you will be converted. Isn't that what he says? In other words, you will change the way you do things. There will be a conversion. Something will happen in your soul. And he says, once that conversion happens, I'll be able to do what I want to do. So Psalm 118, and this is what prevailing prayer is, and verse, Psalm 119 and verse 18 tells us, Open my eyes, O Lord, that I may do what? Behold the wondrous things out of thy law. So you need prayer to see, the, to have that ministry of the word. Okay? That's why it says in Isaiah 35, 4 to 6, it tells us there's, all right, say to them that of a fearful heart be strong. For behold, your God will come with vengeance and with a recompense, and he will save you. And in doing that, what will he do? Then shall the eyes of the blind be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be what? Unstopped. I might not take time, but in Isaiah 29, it says, they gave it to one that was learned. He says, look, this book is sealed. All right, and on learned, he said, give it to someone learned. He says this book is sealed. And then God says, look, scriptures are sealed. The way the word of God is, it's, there's a seal on it. Except you ask God. That's why Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Who do you? And when Peter answered, Jesus was telling him that this is an act of the Father on your heart. He says, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And upon this shall I build my church. Which means I build it upon what you see and what you hear. Do you see what I'm saying here? And it's only in answer to prayer that the Father opens that seal. Or else, you, and this is what happens. That's why people say to someone, I say, but what are you saying that you read the word of God and then you saw what you should do? But I'm reading the word of God. I can't say anything. Uh, the book is boring. Are, are you following what I'm saying here? Listen, listen I'm, I'm telling you this. You, you, uh, we had somebody who was a, a senior member of the executive at campus uh, fellowship. I just won't say would the role the person held so that if anybody, because whatever you say now, you don't know where it ends. People, because of internet, it goes to places. But say, so one day after I finished, he came to me to me and said, very active person, very active. He said, for the first time, I'm reading my Bible and I'm understanding what is there. And this was a very active. So you can be very active on the outside and not see anything inside the world. Are you following me here? There's no ministry. And after some time, what happens is that you get burnt out. You get tired. People start saying this Christian thing because the ministry is not coming in. And the only way that comes, Jesus himself said to Peter, I didn't give it to you by my teaching. It was the Father that opened your eyes to see it. So the teaching just makes it available. What happens is, so that's why the woman with the issue of blood could have said. Now what she heard, several people may have heard it, but in hearing, she heard something. So praying that God opens your eyes and your heart. That's what I'm saying these 40 days here. To see and to hear things you ought to. And to know, all right, you ought to see and know in the word that will change you so his work can be done in and through you fulfilling that particular thing. So our prayers are answered in the encounters that we have with God's word. Prayer without opening yourself to the word of God is like a farmer going to pray and he doesn't plant any seed. And we will see that it's the seed that brings 30-fold, 60-fold, 
and a hundred is the seed that produces 30. Uh, do you get what I'm saying here? If a farmer goes and says, ah, you have a bumper, where did it come from? He'll say, well, it's the kind of seeds that I sowed. All right? Listen, listen. It's not just the rain alone. that There has to be seed. Without the word of God, there can be a 30-fold. Do you get what I'm saying here? It's coming from the word. It's the word that produces 30, 60, and 100-fold in our lives. So it's the word of God that works wonders. You know, for a brief period in my life, I had a pastor and he was a fantastic teacher of the word of God where I got to the University of Lagos and which go to his church for a fantastic teacher of God's word. And he said, one day he was teaching, he just said something. He said, people tell people, act on the word, act on the word, act on the word. He said the problem is that they may not have even heard the word. And he's correct. Now, when you say heard the word, doesn't mean you haven't heard several scriptures but you haven't seen what the scripture is saying about your situation. It's a totally different thing. You, you can hear many things, but you haven't seen. Because once you see what the word of God says, it, it, it almost inspires something inside you. It fires you up. All right? And, and what, that's why the Bible says in Proverbs, it says, it says this, my son... This is why prevailing prayer is important. My son, incline your ear unto my sins. Let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For their life unto them that do what? Find them. So it's like something you discovered. And that discovery came not as a result of God opening your eyes and God opening your ears, which comes as a result of you asking him that in answer, all right, to prayer. So you have a man at Lystra in, in Acts chapter 14 who was born crippled from his mother's womb. What changed the life of that man? The Bible says he heard Paul preach. He heard something. And the same, Paul perceived. In other words, as Paul was preaching, this is somebody born crippled. All he did was that he heard Paul preach. And this, this, I mean, the woman with the issue of blood was in that condition for 12 years, spent all she had. All that happened was that the right word was planted. All that happened in that man was the right word was what? Planted. So, to enter into this type of prayer, and it's a short message so we don't miss out on it, all right? Sometimes we preach too long. People forget what you said. Uh, you follow what I'm saying? All right. Well, one of the well, one of the things about growing up is you get calm, uh -huh. and um, you know the things that really matter in life. So, some I got told me once. Said, look, if you, he told me it's because I like drink coffee. If you put if you buy espresso in a small cup, hmm? if you take it, you know it's concentrated. Uh, if they ask, right. but if I take that thing and take a big jar and pour that small cup into it, then start pouring water and fill that jar. When I drink it, it's still the same amount of coffee, but the effect it will have on me has been reduced. Sometimes you can preach so many things to what God said that at the end of the message, you have diluted the message by a multitude of words. Uh, you get what I'm saying? But you still feel that, I said what God said, I should say, but you said so many things that it doesn't taste again. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can live and know that, oh, we got it. But you can dilute it to the point where, but you will say, I said it. 
And people tell you, you didn't say it. <laughs> the reason why is that you diluted it with all kinds of things. So, Charles Finney, again, let me say this. He has said this. And that's why it is one thing. All right? And this one thing, if you are struggling with that one thing, it's good for you to struggle. It's very healthy. So that you can choose what you really, really are. All we are talking about is 40 days. We are not saying lifetime. <laughs> are you following me saying that? Just for 40 days, choose what? One thing. All right? It, it helps you to focus. He said, a man must have some definite object before his mind. He cannot pray. And this was the greatest revivalist in the world. He cannot pray effectively or factually for a variety of objects at once. This is why sometimes in prayer meetings, if you call too many prayer points, you can dilute the whole thing. Okay? If, if you say, let's pray, stop. You see, it, sometimes you can dilute it. It's better to choose one thing and just pray it through. Then people get a note of victory. So he says, a man must have some definite thing. The mind is so constituted, he said, that it can not fasten its desires intensely upon many things at the same time. All effectual prayers, and start thinking about any prayer you know in the Bible that went through, everybody that went, went with one thing to God. Just think about anybody that prayed one thing. And that one thing brought, you know, a total change. But it was one thing. All right? Wherever you see that the blessing sought for in prayer was attained, he said all effectual prayers recorded in the Bible were of this kind. Wherever you see that the blessing sought for in prayer was attained, you will find that the prayer which was offered was prayer for that definite object. So in these 40 days, choose one thing. And the answer to the prayer is that God will open my eyes and my ears. So as I sit down with the word of God, he starts ministering life to me. And I begin to make the decisions where I am literally, which means I'm obeying the voice of God, literally walking on. Just listen to anybody's testimony. Listen, li just listen to anybody's testimony. No matter what they are saying, they, they, you know, I was going to just listen well. They will tell you that the Holy Spirit ministered to them to do something. Just listen. You just, at it, you will know that they acted on something. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? They acted on it. And what we're saying is that, all right, the scriptures there can speak. And don't, you, you know, let the word of God, I'm, I'm not saying you can't hear God's voice, all right? We can, we can speak to you directly and you can hear his voice. And, and if you hear his voice, if you really hear his voice, you will not tell anybody you heard his voice. You will just go and do what he said you should do. And when the results come, then you will say you heard his voice. When you are sharing that you heard God's voice, it means that you are just trying to say that you heard God. Uh, you follow what I'm saying? Uh, you know you can't just say, so that you sound deep, I heard God. So, you know, call me by, this is the name he calls me. And everybody begins to go under some guilt that, uh, how come God hasn't spoken to me? You know, uh, that, that, <laughs> all right? 
Okay, just act. But I, I remember Bishop Boyle telling me this. One day he was sharing to me about something. And he didn't say it directly, he just said it off. I said, that's that thing. He said, you know, God speaks to me, God speaks to me, God speaks to me. He said, but on this occasion, he said, on this occasion, I opened the Bible. He said, and it's just he said, this is the highest level when God is talking to me. He said, I opened the Bible and I saw it inside the Bible. He showed me scripture, one, two, three. Ah, he said, I knew God had spoken. He said, because I had a plan. I had drawn out the plan and this is the plan. I put everything in, say, let's exercise. He said, God spoke to me. He said, I saw it in the word of God. Then he said, and I left it. Then I picked up my phone. He said, and I saw three missed calls from Pastor Dibuye. So I called him back. I said, sir, was it? And he just said one word to him. He confirmed what he was seeing. Are you following him? Yeah. So prophetic voice confirms what you already have seen. Prophetic voice don't direct you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Prophetic voice, it is in the Old Testament that the prophet directs people. You have the Holy Spirit inside you. And the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit. Do you get what I'm saying here? A prophet confirms what God has already said to you. In other words, when the prophet, it's, it's a conf, in personal ministry. Uh, I said this in Canada last time I was in church. Then I said, look, Kenneth Hagin said 99% of people that prophesied about what he would do in ministry were wrong. And then a lady got up and put up her hand. I said, what? I said, are you saying to me that prophets are not supposed to direct what they're supposed to do? I said, what is Did you think? Said, said, because I got an admission to do PhD and I was going to love this some years ago. And a prophet came and said to me that the PhD, that she went to me the prophet, am I supposed to do PhD? Prophet said, you're not supposed to. I said, I said, what are you saying? You gave up your PhD because somebody came to tell you. All right. So, finally, in this prayer, there are just two things I want us to know. I want us to understand when you're offering up this prayer. I think somebody alluded to a question they asked yesterday. All right. When you offer up a prayer to God, ask according to things. Ask according to his will. Now, asking according to his will doesn't mean that what God is saying to you is that, you know, that thing you are asking about, eh? Uh, that thing you are asking about, ah, maybe it's not my will for you. Maybe it's not, and then you are in that limbo, right? Ask according to his will means you bring it to God and say, God, in the fulfillment of this particular thing that I've brought to you in prayer, let your own will for my life come to pass in answer to this particular thing. So I am asking you to fulfill this thing in accordance. Uh, uh, so, so, I mean, when they toiled all night and caught nothing, God gave them that abundance according to his own will, which means that there was some other thing God had on his mind. In fulfilling that, they entered into what God had specifically for them. So if a person is, and this is what happens, if you are, let's just assume you are praying for a job or praying for something, and you, this will happen, and you open up the word of God and God begins to minister to you as you're praying, he will show you what his own hidden purpose is in giving you that job. You will see it as a covenant inside that thing. He will show you. He will tell that, listen, when you get into that particular place and this place, these are the things that he will begin to talk to you. 
all right, before the thing happens, he will already have said to you the thing. So you already have known. And because God said it to you, you will not try to make it happen. So let me just give an example. Let me give an example. A church in New York, somebody got his doctor, he got a church there. Um, sorry, church. So let's just, as we got a job in the hospital. All right, he was walking, traveling around, but he just felt, this what happened. He just felt, I said, I said we can start a church in New York. He said he would change his nature of his work and just get a job, go back to a hospital and get a job. So he got a job there. And he began, all right, to work there. Now, COVID breaks out. Now, I'm trying to say something. COVID breaks out. And it was his head of department that came to meet him and said, I understand they told me that um, you're a religious fellow and that you pray and do all of that. I said, yes. So we are losing people in this hospital. Can't you start a prayer meeting in this place? This is not a, a senior doctor in America. She said, don't you, six, six years. I said, can't you start? He said, ah, no problem. Now, you won't be forcing it. It will be coming to you. That's what I'm trying to say here. Huh? Now, let me say what's happening. So he started. He told me till the day COVID ended, nobody died again. So you know what happened? In the process, he went downstairs and he saw a big conference, like a conference at a hospital. They said, ah, you have a church here. Well, come here. And gave him, if you see this facility, beautiful place. So he said, how much? He said, we'll take money from you. No, for free. So he uses the basement of that hospital in Brooklyn now for church. I'm trying to say that you are praying according to his will. So he's not just walking there just to NSI. There's a higher purpose. Do you get what I'm saying? That's what it means according to his will. Not that he's trying to tell you that you shouldn't get a job. Uh, you get what I'm saying here? Uh, because he stops Christians. All right? So God gives you a breakthrough in technology. But he says it's according to my will. So... The thing is working, but he now shows you how he can help the kingdom in a certain way. And you transform how churches run certain things by nature of that thing. So he has fulfilled, which means that it's almost like God says, all of this is yours, but this part of it is mine. All right? And then the second one, which is like unto it, it's not exactly the same thing when you're praying. All right? Also pray. That's why it says, uh, that's why it says you receive not because you want to consume it on your lust. In other words, you haven't found purpose in that thing. Once there's purpose, God says, let's go, let's enter into it. The second thing is, he says, and he, in Ephesians 1, verse 11, he says he works everything after the counsel of his own will. Ephesians 1, 11. In whom we have obtained an inheritance, been predestined according to the purpose of him. All right, so there's purpose now, but of him who worketh all things after the counsel, which means the way he will do it, he will choose. Just, just accept that, which means God, if your purpose will be fulfilled here, and the method I will not determine. So if you are taking me to the promised land, if you choose to take me through the wilderness, then we go according to the word counsel. Now what this means is, is this. Lean not to your own understanding. In other words, when God starts the process, it may not look like what you thought. But never give in or give up. All right. 
go through all right the process that which means he is working all things after the cancel of his own will and what happens is when you get to the end so long as you're holding there we've said this and you operate in patience we've thought about that treat people right hold fast your confession you're, you're, I mean, you're going to get, you are going to get, all right, to the other side. It's not, there's nothing like a, it didn't work. You'll get to the other side there, all right? But you've got to understand that you, you don't abort everything God is doing because you didn't think that uh, this is the way and manner in which God should go about um, the things that, or that this is how I thought it should happen. Uh, this example I gave for the gentleman, I mean, he didn't think that uh, out of COVID and all of that, he would get into, I mean, the whole thing opened up, all right, from, from COVID, and then he entered into that, and then he entered into his space in the hospital, all right, for a church. So take the one thing to God in prayer. Uh, the prayer is that God open my eyes and open my ears that I may see what the word of God is saying to me. And then you come to a place of joy because the word begins to minister life to you. It ministers life to you in very specific ways. It, it, will, it will go into your heart as a two-edged sword and, and you will hear what God is telling you to do. All right, You open the word of God, he speaks to you. You open the word of God, he speaks to you. So uh, spending time there decreasing... Um, um, you know, there are things that choke the word. So you want to untie all those things, cares of this world, loss of other things, all right, that choke the word of God. Just take away your time from God's word because he knows, Satan knows, he knows this, that if the eyes of the people and their ears are open to this thing and they are receiving ministry from this word and they are acting upon the thoughts that they get out of the word of God, then they're going to start getting massive things uh, within their lives. So for the 40 days there from May 25th to June all right, 4th. How about that? I, I remember it's Ju July 4th. I remember it's America's Independence Day. So I can't forget that date. All right? So it's 4th of July. All right. Uh, we'll spend time there. Just focus on one major thing within your life you want and allow God, all right, to minister and, and get back. We're, we're just using that major thing. And listen, listen, we're using that thing as God's point of entry into your life for what he wants to do. Do you get what I'm saying here? Fulfilling that thing is a fraction of what will come out of this. It's just like saying that you told all night and caught nothing and we want to use that thing of catching fish as the point of entry of Jesus. But when he comes, it's not just the fish you catch. He will lead you into other things as you stay inside that word, which means you'll find out that after some time, he will have given you the, the knowledge you need to get that thing done. And then he now says, let's sit down. Let's talk more about your life. Let's talk about your future. And let that love and passion for God's word be rekindled inside your heart and you spend time fellowshipping there. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the 40 days that we're going to spend in your presence from the 25th to the 4th of July. Also, thank you for this congregation having their first anniversary. I declare over this church that you are the 
grain of mustard seed of God's kingdom planted into this city. You shall spring forth and you shall grow and extend your branches into all facets of life in this city, Manchester. You will affect the culture. You will change lives. Every single demographic represented in this city will be seated in this congregation shortly. And it shall be a diverse con congregation, a congregation where all cultures shall mix perfectly and people shall rejoice in God's presence and find fulfillment. Kings shall come out of this place that shall influence places in this city. Leaders shall come out of this place and God's kingdom will be established in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you.